0: uh okay everybody thank you for tuning in today i'm really really excited to talk with mr mario tomic who has been on my podcast uh, a few times by now uh we actually had an attempt to talk last year and we had a good conversation but unfortunately the audio got lost at the end so we couldn't share that with you guys but this time hopefully everything will be all right knock on wood so um mario first of all thank you so much for joining me today and uh, how are you doing
1: appreciate the invitation, Abel. I'm doing great. Uh, And as you said, uh, last year we managed to touch base and uh, the stars weren't aligned. Uh, The whole thing imploded, uh, but I hope we can bring more value this time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so um, so maybe let's start uh, with what's going on with you. So um, when I first uh, got in contact with you and when I first came across your work, you were a kind of daily YouTuber guy. You were putting up, putting up a lot of content. And um, you were really frequent on, on social media. You were really frequent on YouTube. And kind of just talking about some general fitness concepts, helping guys to get lean, help guys to build muscle. And uh, you were kind of a part of my daily life because you always popped up on YouTube. And now, after uh, two years you are still in the fitness game, you're still running a fitness related business, um, but you're at a very different place. You're kind of in the background compared to what you were doing previously. So what changed in your approach to content creation and um, what changed in your life? Like where is Mario Tomic today compared to where you were when I first
1: came across your work? That's a great question. And I think this is the first time I've been asked that question. And I like that you mentioned the word YouTuber, because that's exactly how I feel like I was in that position back in 2016, when I was doing daily videos. And most people, I mean, people that haven't done daily videos, they don't realize how time consuming it actually is. And not just time consuming, but also how much mental energy it actually consumes compared to today, where I would view myself more as an entrepreneur. Um, uh, and, uh, I think the responsibility and the weight on my shoulders today is much greater than it was back then i was mainly flying solo i was working with uh, clients i was still doing my mentoring uh program and everything was going well but the primary focus at that time was to expand and do this huge push to really let the world know what i stand for so i put out some of the concepts and ideas and see how that's going to resonate with the community and with the viewers and the listeners Nowadays, I still focus on some content, but I primarily view myself as an entrepreneur. And my main focus currently is more into uh, my business side of things, making sure that my clients come first. So it's kind of that shift of priorities. Not to say that I wasn't focused on clients before, but other than, let's say, my clients and doing daily videos, I literally couldn't do anything else in my life. Now I would say I'm a much more of a balanced person where I still have some time for just myself uh, for relationships, for some social life, as much as you could say you have a social life when you're an entrepreneur working 10, 12 hours a day. Um, I have a bigger team now. Uh, we're you know, kicking ass inside of the program, coaching, helping guys, and we're serving a lot more clients now than I could have even imagined back in 2016 when I was just doing it alone. And I made this shift because that's really what I like to do. Um, I consider myself a a mentor and educator and I can see that I can help a lot uh, when I work with more clients directly. And that was, I think the biggest shift for me personally in my life as well, to try to find balance and not to be as uh, more of like a black and white all or nothing thinker where uh, if you go down that deep rabbit hole of creating content every single day, which is great and it does help business grow and it's fantastic. And at the time, I think it was a great decision But as with anything, there's a point of diminishing returns where if you go too far in one direction and you overuse that skill, which for me was creating videos at the time, I was overusing that skill and that created a whole number of problems in other areas of the business and my personal life and everything else. So I had to tone down that one skill that I was really good at, which is really hard to tell yourself, well, you're good at this, but you have to actually focus on something that you're not as good at, and that was a huge shift mentally and it's a different person. I would say today, looking back, I would say more of a priorities are more clear. Uh, I know where I need to go. I have a better strategy. I think a lot more uh, about where where I'm going. So I'm playing it a bit smarter than just going through um, just pure hard work, which is great. And it's a great skill to have. You must absolutely have it, but you also have to have great strategy. you could your compass could be off and you could literally go in one direction and go around the globe until you reach the same place as you could if you just work smarter and just go across the street so you can go across the street if you go around the entire planet and come from the other side or you can just cross the street so if you take that analogy i would say that back in 2016 i was more like the guy okay let's go around the planet (laughs) so i'm uh i'm I'm happy i made that shift and i think it was the right moment
0: yeah um very interesting. And just to reflect on what you were saying in the beginning, just how much time being a YouTuber takes, I would not consider myself a YouTuber. I'm, you know, I'm putting out content at least once a week, sometimes two or three times a week. And, you know, like I'm sitting down in front of my laptop camera, I have an external microphone, and I record my sound. And the end result is just, you know, just one static picture of me talking. And uh, the video, let's say is 25 minutes. Someone would look at that and would think that, well, like this is 25 minutes. It must have taken him around 25 minutes to record that. But actually, the whole thing, like the mistakes I make while speaking, editing that out and uh, kind of thinking about what I'm going to say so that it's sort of concise, the whole thing will take at least like three hours. And that's like a 25-minute video, which is like not some super high quality, super well edited with um, kind of just... uh, filler footages and everything that you put into it. So the types of high quality videos that you were putting out there, I mean, they must have taken much longer than that. Um, So people greatly underestimate just how much work goes into doing videos for YouTube if you want to make those high quality. And um, so to expand on this a little bit more, like if you look back at that time when you were doing the daily videos, like um, obviously it's much different to reflect on what you're doing when you're in the moment. But now when you look back at that time, how do you, what, what are the feelings that come to your mind when you look back at the time? Like, was it fulfilling? What were the things that you liked about it? What were the things that d- you didn't like about it that were the most stressful? Um, what do you think?
1: I think the pros definitely outweigh the cons. I look back at it as a huge achievement. I mean, doing daily videos for a whole year, it's something that not a lot of people can do. Uh, it's really, really difficult. Most people give up after a few weeks. Uh, so there's definitely a lot of pride looking back at it. And it felt feels great. I mean, it improved my English a lot. It improved my life a lot. It improved my uh, business grew because of it. At the time, I think it was the right decision. Would I tell someone else today in 2018, hey, go and do daily videos? I don't know if that's the best strategy today. But at the time, in that moment, it was. And I basically would classify it as 80% awesome. And then there's 20% of stuff that actually happened because of it that I had to miss out on some other things, but I think the pros greatly outweigh the cons. And even the personal relationship stuff that you go through and you annoy people, which is very normal. And as you said, three hours to make a 25-minute video. Add on top of that travel and filming videos in different locations around the city, uh, going to a place specifically to film a video that is outside of the city, then going back, planning the content, publishing the content, editing the content, putting everything together. It does take a tremendous amount of time. Your whole day basically just goes toward that, and that every day. So that's huge. I mean, it taught me a lot about consistency, uh, work ethic, definitely improved my thought processes, improved my uh, teaching ability, improved a lot of different skills that I still use to this day. And I keep iterating and keep improving on. As a public speaker, I do a lot of events now, and that's actually been very helpful for me. And another thing is that it does help you grow your brand at that time. I was basically unknown starting 2015, late 2015, nobody really knew who the hell Mario Tomich was. End of 2016, it completely changed. And today, it's not uncommon to walk down the street and even in some random city that you wouldn't think there's anybody. There's people, oh yeah, you you know that guy from YouTube, even to this day, even though I'm not posting as much, there's still that ripple effect. And I think that reflecting back, I, I gave it my best and I do not think in that moment I could have done it better. Now, looking back, of course, you can see a lot of flaws in the ways you could have done it better, but in the moment, I think I did the best I could and the sacrifice and whatever else is absolutely worth it. And anything like that, if you set a a really big goal at the moment, back in 2015, I remember late 2015, I I actually said to a couple of friends, look, I'm going to do daily videos for a year. People were like, no, you're not going to do daily videos for a year because we know how many videos you could make, because back then I was trying to do something. I was really trying to make consistent content that I was struggling. One week I'd put out one video, the other week with two videos. And, and of course, that moment of commitment was critical because once I made that absolute commitment, I followed through. And that was such a huge, huge accomplishment looking back and knowing that I didn't let myself down. I think that was one of the biggest uh, learning moments and putting yourself out there that much, it forces you to really, really, really reflect back on who you are and accept your flaws accept your good sides but also your bad sides because you're going to come out there and there's some days where you don't really feel that well you're going to come out when you're sick you're also not going to feel like it you're really seeing how your emotional state fluctuates throughout the year and you have ups and downs and they're just not as i guess high and as low as for some people for me at least i try to be as grounded and as as stoic as I can in my philosophy, but there are still days you really don't wanna do it, but you still knock it out of the park. And that really looking back, and you see some of the days when you really felt like, look, I don't wanna hit the publish button. I just don't wanna upload this thing. This doesn't make any sense. And then you look back, that same video has like 100,000 views and people are like, oh my God, this is awesome. It just tells you a lot how flawed our perspective on reality is, and you'd never know what's going to happen and it's really hard to calibrate beforehand. That was a huge lesson. And I think that lesson is invaluable for anybody doing content or business or marketing or whatever else you're doing in your life is that we prejudge a lot of things from our perspective, not really knowing how it's gonna come across. And uh, I think my intentions were pure with my content. I think people recognize that.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's very interesting. I, um, some, I dabble sometimes with the thought of doing something like what you did back then um i don't know how well that lends it to it lends itself to the type of content that i'm putting out but i had some periods when i was really frequent in retrospect i did put out some stuff which now i look back at it and i'm like oh my god like it's cringe worthy i was just listening back to a podcast (laughs) that i did like a year ago and at the time i thought it was really good and i i I had to stop listening to it because it was atrocious like it was it was terrible so uh, but at the same time it's um I guess it's a good way to kind of cut the learning curve because um, there's a lot of kind of insecurities and just ha- ha- having to get used to the camera or the microphone. Like you cut through a lot of that uh, really quickly when you're really frequent. Um, kind of a so- self-serving question off of that. Like at the time, how did you come up with content daily or did you like had a log of or, or video topics or how did you come up with something for every day?
1: Mm-hmm. All my free time was spent on researching what to talk about. And when I would pinpoint the exact topic, what to talk about, I was then spending more time researching for that topic. And then new topics would come up from the research on those existing ones. A lot would help was the comment section. I think people ignore the comment section a lot, uh, which is a huge mistake, especially in social media, because your audience is going to definitely tell you what they want to know more about. And it's also from your own interest, which when you go down a path, you tend to go down a deeper rabbit hole, which opens up other doors. And then you go into those doors and it really always builds on itself kind of it. Then you go down deep rabbit hole and then you, wow, like I forgot to actually mention the fundamentals. And you go back and talk about the fundamentals from a different angle. And it's really about, I would say for as far as content goes, you're putting out things that you think will help people the most. And you're not thinking about yourself as much because I don't really know, like the things that I thought would be super valuable nobody cared about the stuff that I thought would be just a cool story to share and just put it out there as kind of legacy. Hey, I just want this up there just to share it. Maybe someone is going to give a damn that actually did really well. So it's hard to know what will do well or what will not do well. But once you have enough videos out there, you can actually see what your audience likes the most. And that was a huge revelation for me. I realized soon that the audience really resonates with this stuff and this stuff that I'm putting out and it's not getting as much traction and not as much uh, attention and is put on it or not not enough engagement, I should probably do less of that. So the audience will guide you because at the end of the day, what we're doing is we're serving. It's not that we're just putting out random stuff. We're here to serve with our content in a way. And of course, someone will be interested eventually in getting more of your stuff or working with you. And that's in a part of where you get sort of one part of that. But the majority of it is really serving. Hey, how can I put out something that will help? But you don't know really what's going to help until you ask and until you do something, and I think that's um, one of the biggest challenges with daily videos is that people think, well, there's not enough content or there's not enough I could talk about. In part, that's that's true. When you start out, you don't really know, but soon you will find out. And of course, there's going to be days where it's just going to be blank. And one thing with creativity is people assume that creativity is just something that you either comes or goes, and it's unpredictable, whatever it's a habit. Uh, really, it is. like It is a habit. You become creative. You become better at figuring out what you're going to talk about. And it just naturally happens because you're in that state of mind. It's a different state of mind. That's one of the hardest things with being a daily YouTuber and doing something else is because when you're doing daily videos as a YouTuber, you're fully immersed in that. So I was at the same time reading a lot. I was reading, I think, three books a week on average. And everything I would do in my life was really centered around okay, is this a valuable thing that I could teach someone else? If I'm having ice cream with my girlfriend, is this a moment that I could basically explain in a video from some angle that will help someone else who wants to do this, who is also traveling or doing something like that? So it's all about all about really, okay, what do I put out there? What do I put out there? That's the stressful part about daily vlogging that I don't actually like. But um, yeah, it's hard, man. Uh, I would say it is hard. I'm not here to say it, but it's easy. It might sound like it's easy when I you know lay it out like this, but it's it's freaking hard. And it's worth it, but it's really, really hard. And in the moment, uh, looking back, I felt like it was hard, but now going back to it, and if I would want to restart that again, I would definitely need to build up the momentum to get to that point. And I think that if I would start daily right now again, a lot of things would have need to be sacrificed, and I would have needed at least another couple of weeks of daily to get back into that state of mind where the next topic kind of naturally comes. And I had a huge list of topics for the next two years if I needed topics, I, I was just always writing down in Evernote what would be the potential topic. And whatever resonated with me in the moment the most, I was just talking about that.
0: Absolutely. Cool. Thanks. That's a very, very interesting insights. Um, so I am uh, I'm wondering, so that's your days were at, the, at that time were spent mainly being immersed in the whole content creation and, and YouTubing world. So how, how do, do your days look like uh, these days? Like what sort of activities take the most out of your days these days? What is the main part of your work? And mm-hmm. I guess maybe like a simpler question, how does a typical day in the life of Mario Tomic look like these days?
1: Yeah, uh, quite simple. I try to keep things as straightforward as possible. Wake up, uh, spend some, my morning doing my classic stuff, my routines, going out, seeing some sunlight and just daylight in general, uh, making sure that I wake up, I jump out of bed, get myself ready and uh, kick ass with the to-do list that I've came up the night before. Ideally, that's what happens 80% of the time, at least. Uh, I have something to do already pre-planned. And I spend, after I finish that work block, I usually have a series of meetings uh, with my team. Uh, so there's either one or two meetings every day, at least one. Um, and then after that meeting, I will probably then focus on more client work. Usually that's the, that's the biggest three priorities. So, uh, the number one thing I need to do that day, which is something usually new related to what I'm trying out or tightening certain processes in, in the company or in certain systems that I need to correct, uh, certain creative things that I need to do, uh, either from my back end in my coaching program or something else that I need to adjust and tweak based on the data that's available. Um, then a series of meetings. And then I, again, follow up with some more. Uh, creative style work Uh, i will then of course find time to hit the gym as well which is really critical Uh, i will focus on my nutrition currently is automated completely Uh, i have a person handling all my cooking and food and everything else so i don't have to think about that Uh, that saved a tremendous amount of time so i i would actually suggest anybody who's a serious entrepreneur uh, if you have any form of success uh, in the field absolutely looking into that uh, train the person they know exactly what i need to eat the foods the macros the cal- everything's pre-calculated i don't have to think about it at all um i don't do my shopping i didn't do my uh, laundry i didn't do any of those things uh basically i've identified what are the things that are you know five dollars an hour ten dollar an hour things that i didn't do those and i focus more on things that i can only do myself i do also have thinking time i have reading time uh thinking time is something new that i've implemented just in the last few months uh literally have an hour a day that i don't do anything but think uh which is very interesting uh, and uh, a lot of it came from, a lot of my great uh, stuff that i tested came from those uh, moments where you're just, it sounds silly, but you're staring at a, at a wall and just daydreaming and, and thinking about things. And that's after a long bout of uh, very linear type of work. Uh, so yeah, the day is, I would say the day is almost completely planned out. Uh, it doesn't sound very exciting, uh, but it is completely planned out. Very, very, very strategic. So getting squeezing into something that let's say I'm very protective over my time. so if I want to get something on my schedule it is gonna it's definitely gonna be a challenge and that's how it's supposed to be. And uh, I've over the years I've been becoming more and more protective over my time and over my mental energy as well, especially my uh, decreasing my decision load in the day so I keep the number of decisions at a bare minimum. Uh, for anything other than what are the main priorities for me in the moment, which are usually related to my business. And uh, that's what I'm focused on right now, serving clients. I mean, clients come first. That's the main uh, principle of our business model. And uh, that's what I'm mainly focused on. So I hope that gives you some insight. Uh, Of course, we can go into some details on on the components, but yeah, it's all pretty much planned out.
0: Yeah. uh, That's great. And, um, off of that, a, another self-serving question, but I think this can be very, very helpful for many people because I think I think this is a, kind of a big weakness that a lot of people have and um, it creates a lot of inefficiency in the lives of many, which is, especially for me these days, that a lot of my days are kind of in a more of an entrepreneurial fashion, the way they flow. My biggest challenge is um, adhering to a, a schedule or not even adhering to it, actually coming up with a schedule that makes sense especially when you have a lot of tasks in the week which are kind of more creative in nature. And, and a lot of things, for example, when you were a YouTuber, you were doing a lot of things that you had um, no clear deadline that someone else have set for you and um, not clear feedback right away as to whether what you're doing makes sense or doesn't make sense. So I think a lot of people have things in their lives that they want to do. They are important to them. But there is not like a clear system as to how they should implement those things as compared to when you have a day job, when you have clear responsibilities that someone sets for you. And there are just certain times when you have to get those done. So how have you gone about uh, planning, creating a plan, which is realistic and is something that you can adhere to?
1: And um yeah, what are the systems that you have in place for that, if this question makes sense? Okay, so what's really important is to identify What are the things that you personally need to do? And what are the things that you are the only person that can do that in the moment with your abilities? That's the most important thing you need to define. What I found the biggest obstacle to focus is having other things come in the picture, so distractions. So if you eliminate distractions and unnecessary things, you naturally will become more focused on what you need to do. And you naturally will bring out a certain structure to the thing, and then this, if any structure you have, it's gonna become more effective. And the problem with those distractions is that you will find yourself doing what is called busy work. You're gonna do stuff that doesn't make any sense for the, what you should be doing right now. You're gonna be you know, rewriting some random stuff on your, on your website on a page that nobody actually visits, so, or something similar to that, that is really not the main thing that you should be doing. So a lot of it comes down to keeping the main thing, the main thing. I'm a really big fan of at least thinking about the idea, what do I need to get done tomorrow. What is that thing? And the night before you're waking up with a purpose, the least of uh, the, the worst thing you can do. So the thing that is the least effective for me personally, and I've studied all the productivity books, I read every system out there is waking up and then deciding what to do. That day is almost always going into an unproductive direction compared to a day that I have some of an idea what I need to do now. How to actually discover what you need to do, what you don't need to do? Well, uh, let's say if you calculate your time as uh, as worth a certain amount. Let's say your time is worth five hundred dollars an hour, and uh, and you're you know, copy pasting some spreadsheet data, and do you do that for for like I don't know ten hours a week? Maybe maybe just an hour a day. The real question is, would you pay five hundred dollars an hour to someone else to do the same thing? If you wouldn't do that, then you're you're not doing the right thing. So you're just not spending your time wisely. So a couple of those important things and doing what I call the time audit. So you literally just take your 168 hours that you have in a week and you break it down and hour for hour in a spreadsheet, you write what you've done. And you do that for two weeks in a row. You're going to know exactly where your time went. You're going to know what you spend your time. It's a brutal exercise. Like most people listening to this will not want to do this. It's really hard to face the truth of how unproductive you are. And I think uh, based on some data that I recently checked out, I think an average CEO gets about uh, 20 minutes of work done a day, something like that, like an average successful company CEO. uh, Really disturbing statistics. How do they define that? I'm not exactly sure, but uh, it was just an interesting headline that I looked into. Really, about that time audit, which is powerful, is that it will let you okay, how much time am I mindlessly browsing Instagram? And you just write it down. Okay, I I did honestly spend an hour, last hour. I just didn't do anything. I just spent it on social media. I I was reading news, watching YouTube videos and going on uh, Torrent websites or whatever. So you do that brutal exercise, even for a week, it will discover so much about where your time goes. And then when you have that, you know what to trim away, what to focus on. And you will also realize just how little time you have. And that's where it all starts. It all starts with awareness. If you're not aware of your current behaviors, where your time is going, you have no chance of, Trying to cram more stuff in there because there are some clear competing commitments that you have. There's something happening in there, so why the important stuff is not getting done? So are procrastinating and delaying it, or something is not, or there's something is not clear? So starting from awareness, then bringing in clarity. Okay, what do I actually need to do now? And then making sure that then you have a base structure for the day, which is let's say for me personally, what I prefer to do is have an early work block of about two hours, get something done, then have my food. So two, three hours, then have something to eat, eat it, get into meetings and get all the other stuff done. So I'm kind of using one type of work is more of me just grinding out and being creative and working on stuff in the morning. Then the next type of work is more meeting and related to people, which it's a different type of work. And then after that, I either follow it up with gym or more of creative work, depending on what I need to do. And then I'm going to do gym afterwards. And then after that evening, I'm going to spend more thinking time, research time, learning time and some social time and bedtime that's it that's how much you can do in your day Um, i mean people that say well i work 14 hours a day every day and and i'm super productive and focused i honestly don't know what these people do like what is that type of work where you can actually work 12 14 hours focused? there's i never met a person like that if you know your limitations and if you remove decisions throughout the day that are distracting you you remove those tasks honestly um, you will get more done in a day Then most people get done in a week or even two weeks. And this is incredibly powerful and you will recognize certain triggers. When you start doing that spreadsheet, you're going to be like, wow, like, I can't believe I just spent two hours on social media today. I don't know how this happened because one YouTube video led to another video. This led to another video. And then all of a sudden two hours are gone. The real challenge of being a human being is that most of our behaviors are automatic. So 95% of behaviors are governed by the fast thinking side of our brain, which is completely automatic. So it goes on impulses, and goes on Instagram gratification, whatever is currently available, you don't have any control over that. And then you have the slow thinking side, and I'm sure you're familiar with the work of Daniel Kahneman, probably most people if they've read his book, is really governing only about 5% of behavior. So if you're not using that 5% to somewhat control the other 95%, your week is just gonna fly by, you're not gonna get anything done. And that's what I see a lot of, especially freedom entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs in general have a big challenge with, is they're moving away from this nine to five structure, but now they're moving into a completely freedom based uh, planning, which has no structure, which is just no at whatsoever. I wouldn't even call it planning. It's just like, well, I'm just gonna wake up and do work. That's not a plan. And what happens is you basically just end up wasting a tremendous amount of time, barely getting anything done. And that's why most people are stuck and they have a really, really hard time actually growing their business or even getting time to do their fitness tasks and relationships and proving anything in their life because of this fact that they, they return back to the 95% of the behavior, which is just completely automatic and unplanned and, and not very purposeful.
0: Yeah. So uh, I think that's really well laid out, because I experienced this a, a lot of times that when you move into a direction where you're kind of your own boss and you're dictating your own schedule, the, basically the key is to create the, the same sort of structure and system as what you would have if you had an actual nine to five day job. And when you have clear tasks set by someone else and you have no choice but to follow those guidelines and that's basically the the real challenge of anybody who wants to set their own systems and and create their own schedule and um i think that time is something that as you said when you start becoming more free that is when it, it becomes just incredibly challenging to to basically be to use your time in a really economic way and um Time is something that you only recognize the value of once you have a limited amount of it. So, yeah. Um, out of curiosity, do you use like a Google Calendar or what sort of um, like schedule
1: do you use? Uh, precisely. Yeah, Google Calendar is my favorite tool for this. And I've tried a bunch of different stuff. I always end up um, you know, looking into other softwares and that was my mistake in the past. And now I basically committed to Google Calendar, gets the job done most people have some form of Google account. So it's easy for me to invite others on my schedule. It works fine. Within the limitations that it has, it's perfect. Any other fancy tool, everything is just redundant uh, features and most of the stuff you don't really need. And keeping things simple, I think it's really, really important as well. Instead of getting lost into, okay, what's the best productivity tool? What's the best productivity system? I mean, I, I just what you said, recognize what you need to do, figure out one or two things and just literally do one thing a day that is important and focus on that until it gets done, you're going to be extremely successful. Even if you just do that without getting into too complicated uh, methods and systems and all this other stuff, which is a form of procrastination itself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Very well said. Um, so my next question is something, and I'll try to kind of word this um, in a way that makes sense because it's kind of a tricky thing to get across. But um, we talked about this in the past when I was interviewing you. How you can you you can have a lot of different things that you want to focus on in your life, like the, your health, your relationships, and your career, and it all comes down to priorities on the one hand. But at the same time, I think that life has its different seasons to some some extent. I think that health should always be something that is important, but maybe it's less important when you're a teenager, for example. You have kind of more leeway. You can go out and have little sleep and kind of destroy yourself every night, and you will you will be fine. Uh, There are just some stuff that you can get away when you're younger that you can you can't get away with when you're older, Uh, and kind of the same applies to relationships. Like relationships are always important, and having a strong network is always important, but maybe um, there are periods in your life when that gets more of a. Uh, priority compared to other times and i think that your 20s and 30s are kind of the more most career centric uh, seasons in your life in the sense that that's when that's when you're creating the foundation of a lot of stuff that you can build on later on so i think that if we look at the typical person that is going to listen to this who will be someone in their 20s or 30s like what do you think is a good allocation of their time like if you had to put an hour number on it like this is how much time they should be spending on their health. This is how, much, uh, how many hours they should be spending on their relationship. And this is how much time that someone should be spending on working if they want to get ahead in life. Like, what would be your first guess? And, of course, there is not a magical number to this, but your best educated
1: guess, what would it be? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, actually, we don't really think about this because we don't really think about our time as precisely as we should because there's only 168 hours a week, minus 56 if you sleep eight hours and you're really left with about 112. Uh, and then if you count in for three hours toilet time on average per week, about 12 hours in food, you really have about, yeah, you're, you're looking at a at a small number about, let's say roughly when you wrap all of that up and you spend some of it on anything non-fitness, non-household and, and all that stuff, you probably have about 80 hours left and you have to spend 10 on fitness and uh, then you have to spend some of it on, on relationships. So if I could have to break that down, hmm. It's a great question. Your Most of your week is gonna be spent working and most of your waking hours, at least, are gonna be spent on doing something to achieve some form of like business or career success. I would say 40 hours is very reasonable. 40 to 50 hours is very, very reasonable. Uh, as far as, I, I work daily, right? So I don't take any days off. I try to make the most out of my time and realize when I'm hitting walls in my productivity. So sometimes that 40 hour thing, really translates only to about 20, 20 to 25 hours of real focus work. And that's okay, and that's normal. Then as far as fitness goes, I mean an upwards of, let's say 10 hours a week is is really the top end of it, but you could get away with much less, depending on if you account for the commute going there and back, and this is something that you can find extra time if you book a gym that is right next door, walking distance, 10, 15 minutes. I would say an upper limit of 10 on fitness, and then if you account for, as I said, toilet household activities and all that stuff, you really don't have that much left. And if you if you then don't have that much left, the real question is, what do you prioritize? If you think about spend, how much people spend on social media or just checking their phone, if you just average that out or just random stuff that is purposeless, you realize why there are such a big amount of uh, problems where it's like, well, I don't have time for anything. If you account for the commute... To work and back, I mean, the 40 hours can turn into like 60. And I'm a big fan of a phasic approach and I'm a big fan of immersing yourself in certain areas, depending on what area is the priority. So let's say work is relatively static and you do need to grind out at least 40 hours a week. And if, look, if you're just starting out, if you're building your business, we're not talking about 40, we're talking about a lot more. I mean, it's not w- weird in any way to do 10 hours a day at least for. You know, 10 hours a day for seven days a week, that's 70 hours a week for a year. That's not uncommon and there's nothing weird with that. If you have to do that, and you probably will have to do that if you want to succeed in, in a business. And unless you have really good mentors, unless you have really good guidance and awesome skill sets and people tell you exactly what to do, that's what it, that's what it's going to take, right? And if you take that into account, if you're going through that phase right now, naturally something else will have to give. So you have to be more sustainable in your fitness and not even look at the number of hours. Let's say you're doing those 10 hours a day, which I did 10 hours a day, every day, seven days a week. And at the same time, you're training full body every single day for another two hours. Just the sheer amount of stress from those two activities is going to break you. Even the number of hours, even if you have the hours, you're just going to be dead. That's what's going to happen. So having a more of a phasic approach. So if you're really in grind mode at the moment and you are doing 50 hours of work a week or 60, I would consider 60, 70 grind mode um, is when you're not actually doing something, you're thinking about the business. And if you're not thinking about it, you're you're just focused on something else uh, and then it's not even gonna work. So you have to spend a significant amount of time doing and thinking about the business of what to do next. At that point, I would really then advise to tone the fitness back a little bit and really go down to maybe spending only about four or five hours a week. Just go to the gym for an hour, do that three times a week for an hour. Let's say I account for something for the commute. Five, six hours, you're done. And relationships, this is a this is another thing. It depends where you're at and naturally how good you are with your relationships and your upbringing and how much of social skills you really have developed. If you're starting from scratch, if you're living in your mom's basement right now and you really have nothing else going on for you, unless you have really good help through mentors and ideas what to do, it's gonna take a tremendous amount of time to get really good at uh, maintaining human, good relationships and developing new relationships, meeting people. That's gonna take at least, that's a, a minimum of 15 hours a week. That's a bare minimum. I mean, have you ever been on a date? Uh, have you ever actually gone out? I mean, one night out, see how much time that takes. And not to even consider the fact that you, it's not just about dating, it's about spending time with friends, with family and all the other stuff. It's gonna take a lot more time. So at the end, what should happen is that you have zero time left for, Bullshit in your life. That's what That's what should happen. Now, if you have time, if you have time to binge watch Daredevil, you're probably not doing something important in your life right now. Like if you have time, or you're completely set and everything else is sorted out. And I don't think there's many people that have that. So if you think right now that you have the time to spend and watch an entire season of a TV show across or multiple TV shows per week, you're probably not doing something in your life. Because if you crunch the numbers and if you do the time audit that I mentioned earlier, you're really gonna see, well, look, I have only about 30 hours, like 35 hours left. And I haven't gone out at all out of my house this week. I haven't done anything. I haven't gone any dates. I haven't contacted any people. I haven't talked to anybody. That's gonna go into that direction. You really maybe have only like five hours left. And that's what it should be like. And those five hours will vanish because sometime you're just gonna spend waiting for your, coffee to get done in. So all random things. So immersion is critical. I am a strong believer in immersion because I think the human brain works the best when it's single tasking. Uh, I know work will take up majority of your time. I think in sort of like a secondary priority, if your fitness is relatively okay at the moment, it's okay to then spend the majority of time working and then the other part on uh, relationships. If your fitness is okay, I think health and fitness is the foundation a lot of good work and a lot of good relationships and social stuff you're doing so if you're sacrificing that right now eventually it's going to catch up with you and you're going to be in deep trouble so focusing on health and fitness handling that being at a lean body fat percentage knowing what you're doing in the gym knowing how to eat knowing how to structure your nutrition so that's a habit so that's automated then spending the other time on work and relationships is really the way i would go about it and i know i didn't give the exact hours i believe but as we mentioned multiple times here about 50 on on uh, on work and up to 70, if you're just in grind mode, if you're just starting out, uh, as far as fitness goes, if you're already good, and you're just looking to keep maintaining that, about five, six, if you're, let's say if you suck right now in fitness, you don't know anything what you're doing, you're probably gonna have to spend a much more time than that. So at least 15 a week to learn nutrition, training, and all the other stuff, if you're doing it all by yourself. You don't have a coach, which I highly recommend getting a mentor to cut through that time. And then relationships, I mean, we're looking at least 15 hours a week if you, if you wanna be, make big leaps in that. Uh, If you're not spending that much time, I I really don't see how you can possibly get good at it.
0: Yeah, and and I think that that is, um, I think anybody who is ambitious and has big aspirations to do great things in their lives, I think succeeding at any of these things is okay. And even failing at these things is okay. The only thing that's not okay is being bored. Like if you're bored during your days, if you don't know how to spend your days, that's the only thing that you need to change. Because that means that you're not trying hard at any of these uh, domains to get ahead. So um, speaking of uh, spending hours on certain things, like um, around your YouTuber days, uh, you were pretty hardcore with your training, like you were uploading some daily uh, video logs of your of your training and you were doing like full body training, like two hour sessions, six days a week, um, how have your approach changed to that? Because as you said,
1: like grind mode in work and doing that, that can break someone. Uh, that's a great question. I did make uh, significant changes to my approach. I would say my approach right now is much more, I'm much more aware of my total amount of stress that is coming into my system. And so if I do try to approach, let's say a very high volume uh, routine with a uh, high frequency, it's just going to break me. I've tried it. And it's not that I didn't try, it just doesn't work out. You're constantly in a phase, you're constantly deloading. you constantly, you're not able to make any progress and you're always uh, you know, thinking about if it's, it's this little thing or that, it, it, at the end of the day, it was really just the massive amount of volume uh, that, it, that was uh, spent on that. My current approach that I have, I train every other day for the most time. Um, and sometimes if I travel, I'll train two days in a row and then I'm gonna take two days off. It's okay to take a day off. Believe it or not, I just think it's not. Uh, so I do take a significant time to, to rest, which I was really not doing before. Again, it was mo- more black and white. Now it's much more sustainable. My results now, I would say, are at least equally as good as, as I had before, if not even better, because considering my current amount of stress and focus that I spent on work, it's Impractical even to think about training full body every single day. And two hours is generous. It usually takes much longer if you account for the commute, to warm up, and all the other stuff. After a beat down long day, you're just basically coming home back at you know, 10 p.m. and you're dead. Um, and you basically wait for when it's time to sleep. At the moment, my training session, I think my longest training session would be an hour and 10 minutes. I don't think it's that much. Even that hour and 10 minutes is like if I'm really generous with some muscle groups that Uh, like arms and and, and things like that. I'm I'm mainly focused on knocking out some compound lifts. Let's get those done. Let's throw in some isolation if there's time left. I use a lot of strategies like my reps and strategies like uh, pairing the sets and low rest periods and just getting that out of the, just getting that done. I might throw in a cardio session from time to time in there as well. Um, And it's really a very sustainable approach where I'm still, of course, being very purposeful with it. I'm measuring things. I'm progressing with things, I'm moving ahead, I'm moving forward, and that's the most important thing. I can see now what's my maximum recordable volume if you're gonna use MRV for this to describe this. I can know exactly where my MRV is right now in looking at my work and everything else that I have as a priority, and I'm I'm in a very happy place at the moment when it comes to my training. And I'm not sure if I will in the future. I mean, I might probably go back at some point to a more higher volume and just alternate between high and and, and low. I think that's a very smart idea if you can. Uh, but I'm more in that moderate range. I don't think i train any muscle group more than like 12 sets per body part per week. I don't think i do that. Uh, if I crunch the numbers and I need to do that for this training block that, I, that I'm about to get into. Um, but yeah, it's actually much le- even less than that for some of them. So it's a much more sustainable approach uh, for me personally. And again, the results are at least equally as good as, from what I can see because I feel like I was uh, burning out quite a bit. Awesome.
0: Um, and, and speaking of that, uh, you work with a lot of uh, kind of high-performing, entrepreneurial-type guys uh, who have busy lives and are often in grind mode. What do you find is something that they can handle, like guys who have a limited amount of time for recovery and uh, just a limited amount of time that they can dedicate to their training, but they still take their progress very seriously. Uh, What did you find is kind of their MRV, if you will?
1: Yeah, great question. Most of my guys, I would say that we, I don't think we have a single person training more than four days a week in the gym. Uh, It's just not practical for most of them. And if they're traveling entrepreneurs, it's usually even two to three times a week. Uh, And some of the sessions, maybe two in the gym and one at uh, like a home hotel kind of setup. Uh, I would say as far as the actual dedication of volume, I don't think I have any one of those guys going higher than 10 sets per week per body part. Uh, I might have an exception to that rule, but it's certainly not anywhere close to 15 or plus. Like it's just not, there's no time for it. There is, but it would be too much either stress or the limit factor is just impracticality and they just get uh, burnt out in that day and then they have to go and do a bunch of meetings afterwards or something like that. And majority of them like to train in the morning. So taking that much out of your day, it's just, not necessary in a sense like they're going to get to the they're going to get to their goal and they're going to make it a very sustainable lifestyle at the end of the day it's it's really about sustainability and it's about them building up their themselves as an identity of a person that doesn't miss workouts who's very consistent and getting 95% of the gains and they're still getting incredible progress so that last 5% it may take them a tiny bit longer time to get there in a the scope of like 10 years, 15, 20 years what you're looking at but they're going to eventually reach it. And we're looking at a lot of having a plan A, plan B, plan C. So there's a lot of structures and systems in place where the gyms are changing all the time. The, the hotel gyms are crappy and they don't have anything that you can practically overload with. So we have to work around that. So it's really a very iterative approach that I have with a lot of my entrepreneurs is that if some weeks they, we have different versions of the plan. So if some weeks are, let's say, lighter weeks and they're taking a month of holiday and they say, well, man, look, I can train harder because I want to push myself even harder. Do you think I can throw in one more day? Sure, we just do that. We just make sure that that that, that fits a good overall structure that we have and we can periodize that in. Works really well. Then if they're going through, hey, Mario, look, grind mode, I'm traveling three times per week in the next two months. What is the minimum effective amount of workload that you recommend? And we figure that out. Because it, it has to change over time. And that's what I think coaching and mentoring is in one sense about, is not getting stuck with this very rigid plan where you just give someone and it's okay, this is the best. And that's the only, if you can't do that, you're a failure. Instead of looking at different versions of a plan, different plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, and whatever the person finds the best for them in the moment that they can stick with, but it's still optimized through what we know through Uh, evidence-based practice, what actually delivers the best results. If you combine those two, I think most people will find training extremely enjoyable, enjoy the benefits of it, and uh, they can actually stick with it because adherence at the end of the day is the biggest issue which everybody's uh, ignoring. Uh, And I say everybody, I mean most people are just ignoring adherence and they're just so focused on whether it's you know 19 sets per body part or 20 sets. It doesn't really matter because nobody's doing either one of them, right? So uh, my job is really focused on uh, more on behavior change, consistency, uh, designing a lifestyle and really making sure that these people can execute and um, have this as a part of their life forever instead of uh, trying to necessarily find, you know, if this uh, w- one extra rep on this particular uh, rep target would actually do something. Because at the end of the day, if they're not doing it, it's not going to make any difference.
0: Wow, that was um, – that was. I loved every moment of that rant because like, uh, <laughs> it, it's right on, in line with uh, what I believe – is, is something that a lot of people can sustain. And um, it's one of those things like, you may get to your goal a little bit slower if you err on the lower side of things, but if it's something that you can sustain, not get injured in the meanwhile, not get burnt out and not get into some kind of a protocol which requires you to just spend so much mental resources on managing your workout, getting it in on time, having the necessary time of availability in the first place to get your sessions in, then over time you're just going to make so much better progress. So I loved what you just said there. So, um, yeah, Mario, we are getting to the end of our interview. Just a um, couple more brief questions to the end. Uh, are you doing anything personal development-wise wi- these days? Or is that also kind of automated and habitual at
1: this point for you? Uh, what do you mean by personal development? I'm not sure what you
0: mean. Uh, personal development, yeah, that, that's a good question. What do I mean by that? So, um do you do or do you have uh, rituals that are specifically designed to just improve yourself uh, as opposed to like having a clear, like measurable outcome in place? So I wouldn't classify training in here. I wouldn't classify working in here, even
1: reading necessarily, uh, but something like meditation or cold showers or anything like that. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Uh, yeah, you mentioned reading. I would consider reading as the biggest contributor to my personal development, and I read every single day. Uh, that I haven't. I think I haven't skipped a day of reading. It's like five, six years probably. Um, every day, I, I feel like when you go to bed every day, and you look back, and you just have this inspiration. At least a, a level of inspiration from some material that I've got, and kind of sparks some new ideas in your mind. Even if it's not something necessarily brand new that you learn, but reinforce some fundamentals that you knew from before. Reading has been such a huge thing for me. Um, as far as like other strategies where I'm really big on is actually stress management strategies. So I do make sure that I have, as I said, thinking time, uh, walking time for my, um, relaxing my stress, uh, play time. Uh, that's been really huge. So dedicating some time per week uh, for a day or two, where I have a specific amount of hours where I'm doing things that are, they have no end goal other than just being fun. Like go in the zoo and just like yell at some animal, like They just like do some random stuff like that. You know, it's just like have some time that doesn't have a purpose in itself and just is playtime. Uh, and just, you know, joke around, have fun with friends. And uh, having some of that is be- being really helpful for recharging. As far as actual cold showers, that's currently not a part of my plan. Um, I don't ever take warm showers though. So it kind of, I guess I'm in between. I don't go out of my way to, uh, to make them cold. Uh, As far as auto personal development, uh, journaling, uh, that is what I'm really a big fan of. So doing some gratitude journals and gratitude in general uh, is something that I definitely do. And that's what I practice. And um, it's really made a big impact. I haven't done this before because I honestly thought it was some kind of woo-woo bullshit uh, when I first heard about it. Uh, And I'm just being very honest here, but it does make a huge amount of difference because our brains are not as in tune for positivity as much as they are for negativity and it's important to sometimes take a step back and be grateful for what you have and at the same time you can be grateful for what you have and grind to get more and uh, it's important to recognize that so you're not living in that space of uh, all or nothing or black and white.
0: Yeah I started gratitude journaling for a while ago myself because I'm inherently just a pretty pessimistic and negative person and I definitely definitely noticed some positive impacts it sounds like one of those woo woo bullshit like you said but it really, it really isn't like it can really help if you're kind of the uh, type of person that tends to overthink and focus on the negative stuff. So that's really cool. Um, I'm interested in like you mentioned that thinking time or thinking hour that you have, like, uh, how does that work? Like, how do you make that happen in your life?
1: Uh, Okay, so it's actually quite simple. Um, You have a couch, lay on the couch, your phone is very far away, your laptop is very far away, there's no noise. There's absolutely nothing else that is uh, playing or you can hear anything and you're just staring and kind of thinking about what currently you need to do and the next few days and in general, thinking about the second and third order of consequences of things that you're currently doing and trying to connect the dots and some new ideas that might help with your coaching, with uh, people in general and some really cool stuff comes from that. And uh, yeah, I keep it very, very simple as you can see and it's just taking some time out of the day to just think. And you can do it paired with a walk if you don't have the time to do both. Uh, depends how, if you already got your, let's say huge walk throughout the day, you can do it then. But I also prefer to do it walking. And uh, it's very interesting, right? So sometimes if you could, so if you would see me in the street, if you would meet me walking in the street, so you're definitely gonna notice that I have a pair of headphones in there. So there's two options. I would would be listening to an audiobook. The second option is that I just have the pair of headphones to block the outside city noise. So I'm just thinking. So majority of the time is going to be an audiobook, but there is some time that I'm also doing spending thinking. Awesome.
0: That, that's, that's really cool. Yeah, I kind of do the same. I go for an evening walk every night and I start out with listening to something, some podcast that kind of relaxes me. And then at the end of it, I take it out and I'm just like by myself with my thoughts. So that's a cool routine. So my last question to you is, um, you know, a lot of guys or a lot of In interviews, a very popular question is like, what would be the advice that you would give to yourself if you just started out? But instead of that, I kind of want to flip this on its head. And I would be interested, like when we reflect back on our journeys, we can always spot a lot of stuff that have gone wrong initially and mistakes that we made. But I'm curious if you look back at your own journey, like what would be one thing that you would kind of give yourself a pat on the back for? And you said like, Mario, you fucked up a lot of things. You did some stuff wrong. But those few things you definitely did right, and those contributed to your success a lot. Like, off the top of your head, what would be some stuff that uh, would fall into that category for you?
1: Okay, it's a great question, actually. it's uh, could make an entire podcast on this, but um, okay, let's take a stab at it. So the first thing I think the most important contributor to not just my own success, but what I see a lot with clients, is a very, very high level of self-awareness of your own thoughts and actions and patterns that you have throughout the day. So being able to look at yourself from a third person perspective and recognize the patterns and not necessarily getting caught up in the actual thought, but more observing the thought. I think this this type of thinking is probably the reason why I was able to make certain changes and shifts and almost being not overly attached to the self-image of my current self-image and then being able to reinvent that self-image and change it. So who you think you are and who you see yourself as are, you can eventually change that and mold that into something else, but not if you completely identify with it. So if you see it as something separate and that, I think that's the first, I would say the biggest contributor that I see the guys who are very self-aware, they know what they're, they can see what their actions and behaviors are doing. And then I, I would say builds on that is being able to think in second and third order of consequence. Um, so let's say like, you know, eating a bunch of broccoli right now, it might taste disgusting to some people. I personally don't mind it, but let's say it is disgusting as a first order of consequence. But as a second order of consequence, you will definitely be healthier and you will definitely experience great health benefits. And as a third order of consequence, you might be old enough to, I don't know, go to your son's or your daughter's wedding, right? So being able to actually connect the dots from how your immediate actions and immediate results aren't as important as the actual end consequences. Is the same with, I guess you could use another example of instant gratification or delay gratification. I like to think of it more as like second or third order consequence. So being able to think like that is huge. Uh, it's massive. It's just a big, big difference. And uh, the third thing is having a iterative approach to life. So looking for ways to improve without getting caught up in your ego and how you're so fancy and good right now. I think that's that would be one of the most important things that really stand out and this is something i probably had my entire life is i was always looking to improve i don't know why or what it came down to but i was just always looking for ways how can i make things better how can i just level up how can i progress how can i you know there was just that hunger for for iteration for for next what is next and uh, that that seeking behavior just having that strong seeking it's uh, it's been something i would say it makes a huge difference. So those three would be the the things that I, if I had to boil it down, I would say those three that come from top of my mind.
0: Awesome. Uh, Mario, I asked you all my questions. So um, I really enjoyed this and I'm really glad that we could talk again. And I think a lot of guys and girls will find or get a lot of value out of this conversation. So thank you so much for doing this. And um, yeah, where can people find your work, uh, get in contact with you or check out your content, any of that stuff?
1: Yeah. So the best way to do that is you can go to tomic.com. So T-O-M-I-C.com. That's my main website. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff there. There's my client results. There's uh, there's actually a free masterclass on in the front page. In the about section there, uh, you can read a bit about me and my story and, and everything else. You can check out some of the other stuff. Th- there you can also find uh, contact for business coaching or for fitness coaching. There's a contact form as well. Uh, and uh, probably Instagram. Uh, it's Mario Tomi- C H. So my first last name and an H at the end, the way you actually pronounce the name. Um, that's probably a place where you could get in touch on uh, on, a, on a basis that I share stories and stuff like that from time to time. So I share from what's going on in my day-to-day. So that, I would say those two places would be the best. And of course, the YouTube channel, if you just Google my name, uh, that's going to pop up first. So you can find some great value in there if you're interested in entrepreneurship, fitness, and, and how that all relates to personal development, I think would uh, be valuable.
0: Guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode and liked what you heard. And if you did, then I think you'd definitely love our SSD training and nutritional course that we recently put out with Birgef Fuggerly. This program not only contains a 12-week phasic training program that you can use to time efficiently and safely build the best body you can, but also gives you 4 plus hours of video lectures about managing your nutrition and lifestyle to not only look good but feel and perform optimally. And besides this, you will also be getting some really awesome bonuses like Birge Fagerly's Myo Reps and Zero Carb ebook. So if this sounds interesting to you, then go ahead and check out SustainableSelfDevelopment.com. And of course, to not miss out on future episodes like this, subscribe to the podcast and you'll be up to date on everything we'll be putting out. So thank you for hanging around up until now and see you next time.